0: And so this week we begin, as I said, a new message series, A Firm Foundation. Seeing and remembering what it means to follow, really the, the foundation of our faith, the foundation of our experience, which brings us back here not only to receive, but also to give. What are the basics, the fundamentals that, that keep us going? And so as we know, as, our, as, as we age, of course, um, as we grow, as we evolve, our faith does as well, and so uh, what we started with is much different, hopefully, uh, from where we are now. We have added on to it, but it is always important for us to time, from time to time to remember where it all started and how are those foundationals keeping us going even as we grow, as we mature, as we change. What comes next is really important as we remember what comes first. What was first and how are we building up from that? What is the strength from where we started? It's a lot like what Jesus said in the gospels talking about making sure that you know what ground you are building your house on. If you if you build it on sand, it's easy to guess what is going to happen. And so it is always important when we start a new journey. Are we building up from a strong, firm foundation? For instance, um, Our youth group and neighborhood ministries is in the process right now of starting a renovation process, taking our F building and uh, revamping it, improving on it after 26 years. And um, where are we starting from that? So there's good ground there. Uh, It needs to go through some alterations. It needs to go through some changes and updates. But in the midst of that, we continue to remember this great, fantastic ministry um, that is now going through this next iteration. And with that, of course, as we all know from moving, um, it's just a lot of work. It's a lot of work to move. You've got to pack and you've got to unpack. You've got to sort and you've got to organize. And especially in Florida, like it's always 90 degrees, which makes it extra fun. Um, But then there's that awkward, almost kind of dating phase, right? As you get into the new place, you're not really sure uh, what it's like. And you're kind of re-examining, like, who am I in this new place? And where did I leave that one thing? And, oh, this is right here. And so new beginnings can be hard because there's a lot of mystery. There's a lot of uncertainty. We're not really sure where this is going. And sometimes we may have that feeling, wow, it would just be nice to go back. It'd be nice to go back to what I knew. It would be nice to go back to what is familiar, what is common, what is routine. Because this new thing is just, it's very vulnerable. But in the midst of that is that firm foundation. And so it is okay to remember What it was like, not for the sense of nostalgia, not even for the sense of security, but to remember our origins and how God was in the midst of that, even in the beginning, and thusly how God is going to be in this new experience, even if it doesn't seem quite solid yet. Because sometimes starting out is just that mysterious, uncertain time. So if we think about the slaves of Egypt, the Israelites, once they are freed, it is a very celebratory time. They are, they are free. But then there's this question. So what now? What next? Where do we go? What do we do? Who are we if we are not uh, this thing that has been placed upon us for so many centuries? So going into something mysterious, what we don't know, um, for, for the Israelites, it wasn't just about going to a new place. It was about seeing themselves as a brand new people. I mean, how long does it take to to redefine, to re-see our identity? Maybe as long as 40 years? 40 years walking through uh, the desert, the wilderness. Everything vast and open, not really seeing too many landmarks, just constantly day to day walking in this mysterious wilderness. And part of that was the mysterious wilderness of themselves. Who are they now that they are open to go where God leaves them? And so this is part of what God is trying to remind them. It it wasn't just about follow me to this great new place. It's also remember who you are. But even before that, remember who I am. And this is part of where the journey takes them through Deuteronomy, specifically Deuteronomy chapter eight. And I'll be reading from the message. So in the midst of their wandering, in the midst of the wilderness, they hear God's voice saying, keep and live out the entire commandment that I'm commanding you today so that you will live and prosper and enter and own the land that God promised to your ancestors. Remember, every road that God led you for those 40 years in the wilderness Pushing you to your limits, testing you that He would know what you were made of, whether you keep His commandments or not. Make sure you don't forget God, your God, the God who delivered you from Egyptian slavery, the God who led you through that huge and fearsome wilderness, those desolate, arid, bad lands crawling with fiery snakes and scorpions, the God who gave you water gushing from hard rock. The God who gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, something your ancestors had never heard of in order to give you a taste of the hard life to test you so that you would be prepared to live well in the days ahead. Don't forget. Don't forget who God is. Don't forget who we are. And looking at those commandments. It's important to remember, some of these commandments are longer than others. So, for example, the very first commandment of the ten, right? You shall have no other gods but me. Now, it's much longer than that. Some of the ones after that are kind of these one-liners. Don't steal, don't murder, honor your father and mother. The fourth commandment, though, is almost just as long as the first one. And the fourth commandment is, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Six days you may work and do all your tasks, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. Do not do any work on it, not you, your sons or daughters, your male or female servants, your animals, or the immigrant who is living with you. Because the Lord made the heavens and the earth to see everything in it that is in them in six days, but rested on the seventh day. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Because it's not just about the day. It is about those who are observing and celebrating and resting. How much verbiage would it take for those whose identity for so long through so many generations was based purely on work? These are slaves who are now free. And need to be told sometimes over and over again, your worth and your value is not because of what you do. It is because of who you are. It is because of who I am. And so take that time to rest. Take that time to remember. Take that time to know that your work does not build who you are. What builds who you are is me, your God, your God. Who led you out, not just out of physical slavery, but out of mental, emotional, spiritual slavery. Take time to rest. Take time to remember. Going back to Deuteronomy, God continues. If you start thinking to yourselves, I did all of this and all by myself. I am rich. It's all mine. Remember that God, your God gave you the strength to produce all this wealth so as to confirm the covenant that God promised to your ancestors as it is today. When we start thinking, this is because of what I've done, it's mine, it's all mine, I'm rich. I think of Daffy Duck. Because there were those moments when he would be surrounded by, for whatever reason, lots of money or something that he wanted. And he would say, no, no, it's mine, it's mine, it's mine. I'm rich, I'm rich. If we're honest with ourselves, sometimes we have those moments. We have those feelings. Maybe not as enthusiastic as Daffy, but those moments when we think, well, I did this. I did the hard work. I put in the time. I put in the effort. I should get uh, this reward or this outcome. And if someone tries to take it away from me, I need, to defi- I need to fight for it. I need to defend it because it's mine. I built it. So we have this tendency to focus um, on our own productivity, our own wants. And to some extent, that's okay. It's okay to, to be proud of the accomplishments that we have made. It's okay to get to that place that we have been working for for so long. What starts to, to make it disconnecting is when we think we got there all by ourselves, that no one helped us along, no one guided us, no one supported us. It was just ourselves. Life is really challenging. I know that's kind of an understatement, but what is important in the midst of these challenges is to remember that we do not have to go through them by ourselves. We do not have to go through them alone. When we start to think that everything that is happening, we have to fix, we have to uh, achieve, we have to overcome all by our own strength, our own intelligence, our, our own willpower. Eventually we run out we run dry. In the midst of this, how are we remembering God? How are we remembering God's peace, God's presence, God's guidance, God's direction? How are we looking, as someone said, the big questions in a culture of fast, easy answers? Because the fast, easy answer is just pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Just keep going, keep pushing. Eventually, you'll get there and you'll be stronger for it. You'll be better for it. Whereas Jesus says, set all that down and follow me. Remember, I told you about the third grade, uh, third graders getting their Bibles in a way, we sort of reaffirmed our covenant with each other, which is a lot of what we do when we welcome new members or we celebrate baptisms. We remember the covenant that God makes, not just with the individual, but with all of us as part of the community. We reaffirm our covenant with each other and with God to remind us that we are not alone. Then, In the midst of this individual or group of people taking that next step, so do we take that next step because we might remember whether it's physically or even spiritually, when that community was there to support us. And we experience this kind of full circle season. This helps us to remember who we are. How has God shaped your identity? How have you been able to see who you are, who you are supposed to be, maybe even who you have always been? Because of God's love and grace and presence and guidance. See, the weird thing about transformation in the, in the lens of the gospel is transformation is not just about here's who I was before, here's who I am now, as though it's a linear process. In some ways, it's even saying here's who I am now and here's who I was supposed to have been all along. The original image the Imago Day and this stuff that has been put upon me, I'm now able to take it off almost like a shell, and this is who I truly am, who I truly have been. Who are the people in your life who have made that happen for you, who have helped you to see, to understand, to celebrate, to love who you are? In the movie Inside Out, we see this character, Riley. Riley is a 13, 14-year-old girl who has just moved to a new place, going through all the awkward stuff of moving not just to a new house but to a new school. And In the midst of this, we see that her mind is personified by these different characters, these characters who represent her personality, you know, joy, sadness, uh, greed, indifference. Um, but we also get a window into her imagination, and that some of the characters that she developed when she was a child, some of these imaginary friends. One of them is Bing Bong. Now, Bing Bong is kind of like this fuzzy pink elephant who cries candy and uh, has a magic uh, wagon that is powered by rockets. And the fuel is singing. And so when these characters in her mind, in her imagination, get lost and are trying to find their way back, Bing Bong uh, comes out of this childhood memory and is helping the character joy. Uh, Get her uh, to where she is supposed to be to help Riley and they try again and again and again and they just can't do it until finally joy the embodiment of joy Wants to give up And bing bong says come on We're gonna try it one more time And so they get into bing bong's wagon Because bing bong knows the reason that they can't get over this hill this obstacle is because there's too much weight And so at the very last moment, as the rocket bursts one last time, he jumps out of the wagon. So the joy is able to get up and to get out. And as he fades away, he's waving at her so happy and celebratory that she was able to make it. Who's your bing bong? Who is the person or persons who have over the course of your life whether it's once or a thousand times helped you to get up and to get out in some ways maybe pastor david has been that for some of us one who has helped us to get up and to get out whether it is a simple question or horrible hard moment in our life or just remembering god's love for us because if we want to continue to honor pastor david and his ministry One of the ways that we can do that is to also be that for someone else. And it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be happy. It's okay to be uncertain. It's okay to feel challenged. It's okay to feel excited about where we are going. It's okay to be all of those things because God is in the midst of all of those things. This is the beauty of resurrection. We don't necessarily know what's going to happen, but our faith tells us that something is going to happen and it is going to be fantastic. It's going to be scary. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be all the things that we talk about in this current. But God goes with us. Kwame Alexander, who was a writer and poet, uh, just recently in NPR Uh, shared this poem about the new school year and what all that means. What he shares is kind of a mixture of the point of view of a teacher and the point of view of a student. And sometimes you can't really tell who is speaking. So I just want to read just an excerpt. This is not the whole thing. But um, just to see where it is uh, that comes from teacher and student. And maybe sometimes we don't know if it's our thoughts or if it's God working through us. But it helps us to remember what it's like and that it's okay to go through the mystery. The title of this is, This Year Shall Be Different. This year shall be different. I want to teach my children there is a hopeful teacher still ahead and that kids like themselves, jogging and bent and quirky and kind, are going to make it. I want to wipe every tear from their eyes, confront all their fears, Step into the need, give them voice and choice, seek to employ a house of greater joy than stopping good teachers from leaving because we are scaffolding somebodies. I have to learn from my oversights so life can be full of many delights. I have a great many doors to open, lessons to plan, make them engaging, kids to care for, to make them feel welcome, communities to build, make them feel safe this year. I will smell the grass and the leaves, breathe the air that blows through the trees, take a step back and realize that I also have myself to please this year. I try to make many quick decisions and try to be hopeful to avoid any mental collision. This year shall be different. I will thrive because because I want to show that they are worthy That no skin, muscle, heart, mind, or way of loving makes them any less worthy. That the world is full of beautiful variety. That the loss of anyone is grievous to all. That listening is a gift to the other. That speaking is an act of courage. That believing is as vital as breath. That discovering is more important than knowing. That loving is more important than being right. But if I had to choose just one thing, I think I would be happy. If I could just be with friends and somehow, some way, find myself again. God is in the midst. God is in the midst of the certainty and God is in the midst of the mystery. God is in the midst of discovering and knowing. God is in the midst of loving so that we do not have to focus so much so often On just being right. Let us remember what God has done. What God is doing. And not just for us. But even more importantly. With us. So what is God doing. That maybe we could partner with. That maybe we could be sidekicks. And in the midst of this. How is God lifting us up. And out. We remember what came before. We look to what lies ahead, but we move forward now knowing and believing, living into God walking with us, but also us walking with God. Because when we arrive, we will arrive with God. And so these next several weeks, we will continue to remember, remember the foundations of our faith, remember the foundations of where God has been with us continually, even in those times where we didn't necessarily see it or understand it. So that as we are going into that future, which we know sometimes could be mysterious, uncertain, uh, perhaps even terrifying, that we are not alone. God is with us, the table is always open, and we will be there for each other. But it is not just for us to know and to celebrate here in this congregation, it is for the community, the world to know. So as we remember those who have helped us up and out, may we also be that gift for each other, for our community, for the world. And as God goes, may we go with God in grace and peace. Amen.